Hello and welcome to the Pinnacle Mindset Show. I'm your host today. I am Sophie Dodd and you'll have heard my voice if you are a regular to the show. If you're not, then welcome. Um, tonight we're joined by Dan Hancock, who is known as the Mental Health PT. Uh, welcome, Dan. Hi, thanks for having me. Would you like to explain a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure, no problem. So for anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Dan Hancock and I am the Mental Health PT. So what I do is I use exercise as a form of informal therapy to help people improve their mental health and I also use positive mindset to help people get better at exercise, thus creating this positive cycle of progress. Amazing. Um, so how did you first get into PTing? So I've been a PT for coming up six years now. And I suppose I took the traditional route that a lot of young guys do. Um, they maybe don't have a huge amount of confidence with the way that they look or maybe lacking um, a little bit of self-esteem. Um, obviously, their go-to thing in order to promote this confidence within themselves is to go to the gym, you know, and, and get bigger and become stronger. So that was my natural route into training at the gym. Um, you know, after then a while, well, not a while, but quite, quite early on, actually, PT, and I discovered that that's not what your clientele is. It's not, you know, people want to bulk up, bulk up and build muscle. There is there. There is um, a bodybuilding market there. But for the average Joe, that's not the case. So I started to deal with people every single day and realize that a lot of the time people come to you, yeah, it's because, you know, they might want to look a certain way or they want to lose fat for a holiday. But when you strip that away, there's a lot more to it. It's not just, oh, I want to lose weight. It's like, well, okay, well, why, why do you want to lose weight? And then a lot of the time it's because there's maybe something else going on in their life. And it's not necessarily poor mental health, but it's maybe not positive mental health. Um, so then that's when I started to tailor my training towards this um, market of people. And then before soon I realised, well, actually, this is a lot of people. This is the majority of the people that come to me. And that's how I ended up leading on to focusing on what I do just now. Amazing. So obviously there is quite a lot of more talk about mental health these days. Um, was that just a natural progression for you to move into prioritising mental health with your clients? Yeah, it, it kind of ended up just happening. Um, I mean, because I used to play a lot of sport, I used to play football, I've always had... Um, an interest in performance psychology and that type of thing so that's what I focus on as well so I've always had an interest in the mindset you know the mindset behind training how can we get the most of ourselves how can we get the best of our abilities based on having a positive mindset so I always had that that focus but with regards to the mental health and you know mental illness and this type of thing I just kind of fell into it and it just happened naturally the reason that a lot more more PTs won't fall into it more naturally is because they stop taking that type of clients on. They will see someone maybe saying, oh, they've got depression, anxiety, and because they don't feel qualified, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it's a negative thing, I'm not taking them on. They just might not have the confidence to think, oh, I can actually help this person. So I took it upon myself to learn how to do that through trial and error and through experimenting with my own methods of training. I then started to open up to these people. And like, you know, the sad thing is in this industry, like I said, a lot of people will avoid that. From a business perspective, 
a lot of people might not want to train these people because they think it's more work, it's more challenging, and it's more demanding. But really, if they stuck it out, they would see it is way more rewarding than potentially training the average person because you're able to totally change somebody's life. Um, when I started doing this for about a year or so, I realized I was one of the only people doing it. And I thought, why on earth is this only me doing it? Um, so that's when I really, about maybe three, four years into being a PT, that's when I really, really started to hone in on this and see, one, there's an opportunity for me to help a huge amount of people, but two, there's also a gap in the market here. Definitely. Um, do you think that more PTs are following in your footsteps or do you think that is still just kind of a select few? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of PTs are starting to go down this route now or starting to think well, that they want to do it just because, you know, it is, it's such a, a, a common thing that's spoken about now, which so we can look at it a couple of ways. Yeah, it's good. Um, that a lot more people are potentially wanting to help and potentially wanting to go down this route. But with that, you know, are they doing it because it's the popular thing, because it's the same thing? You know, I'm not being, like, disrespectful to anyone when I say that. Like, you know, it is. It's like it, mental health is the end thing at the moment, which is great. It'd be normalised, but we need to know really what the, the motives are behind these trainers. But definitely, I think a lot of people are definitely starting to realise that a lot of their clientele will be suffering from one thing or another. I mean, what's the recent figures? One in three people suffer from some form of me mental illness. Um, so, you know, they would, be, they would be daft if they weren't doing that because they need to try and, um, to try and help as much of their, of their client base as possible. Yeah. So in terms of, in comparison to you and other PTs, what's the biggest difference, would you say? Other than obviously, I mean, obviously you focus more on mental health, but how do you do that? So we don't focus on body image. So I had a great quote about, it was about a year ago, um, it was from a business coach and he said, look at uh, what everyone else is doing and do the complete opposite. So I knew I was already doing that with my niche market, but then I thought, right, well, how am I able to actually totally make this different? And that I actively seek that out, it was that. I was actually kind of already doing it already. So 99.9% of, of the PTs in the fitness industry will use body image as marketing and to showcase results. So it's before and afters, right? Before and after picture, get, showing that they um, visually can get a client from A to B, that is what sells and then that's what attracts clients in, ultimately. Um, because that's what they, they think that they want. They mm -hmm. think that they want the body image and then that's going to that's gonna answer all the problems or answer everything they need. So what I decided to do was not use these. So now I actively actually don't use these. One, because um, it's different, but I want to be able to showcase my results that I think are more important. So yeah, it's physical things like your client's strength and stamina, but it's also it's their happiness, it's their confidence, it's their self-esteem, it's their sleep pattern, it's their energy throughout the day, personal relationships, work-life balance. These are the things that I focus on and showcase. So it might not be as eye-catching as a before and after picture, but ultimately this is what the clients want. Mm -hmm. This is what they want. They want the happiness and they want the confidence. And if they don't learn how to develop these naturally and have that self-love coming from within, 
they might get to the size and shape they want, but it's not going to solve their problems. Definitely. It might, you know, you know um, artificially create a little bit of more perceived confidence, but it's not getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, no, I would 100%. And I think also before and after, after pictures can be so, like, so temporary. And I think we do live in a bit of a highlight reel world with Instagram of, maybe a before and after picture because like I could take a picture in the morning and it would look totally different to the same day at night or even just an hour later. Um, So I think that that is something that's really, really important. Um, 100%. And the thing is as well, it's like, listen, there's some absolutely amazing PTs that I follow out there who do before and afters and and it's amazing and they are giving people this confidence and they're doing an amazing job. So it's not to take away from them, but, like I said, for me, it's all, I don't want it to be focused on the visual. I don't want it to be focused on the aesthetic. I want them to love themselves because of who they are, mm. not because of the way they look. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, obviously we've come out of lock. well, we've come out of lockdown. Um, how has that changed um, with your clients? Has anything changed? What have you done differently? Um so- now I, I run everything online now. So I own a private gym. Um, I opened a gym in January and it vouched to be a gym for people who didn't like busy gyms. So it's a small, private, inclusive, supportive environment. Um, so I had, that, um, I had that gym and I was doing one-to-one PTs um, up to lockdown. As soon as lockdown happened, I was able to relax for the first time in years. And I thought, this isn't the right way to do things. I shouldn't need to have a four month, five month lockdown in order to recover from my day to day job. Um, what I've discovered is, and what a lot of PTs are starting to discover now is, one to one personal training is fantastic. Of course it is. I'm not slating it because I've done it for years and I've got fantastic results. Mm-hmm. But realistically, you know, that's what people think they're paying for, but they're not. They're paying for a service and they're paying for results. So what would they rather have? Pay for someone's time and have an hour time slot once a week. Or would they prefer to have someone as a coach who's able to hold them accountable every single day of the week? So that's what I do now. I do, I do something called all-inclusive coaching. Because my clients come to the gym, see me, or a member of staff is able to help them, we program everything for them, we show them the tools, and we give them the tools to do everything. But then they get a little bit of independence and the self-learning involved. And that's why it works so well, because ultimately these people don't want to be relying on a personal training for the rest of their life, do they? No. You know, they want to be able to be taught how to do things the right way. So my thing is an all-inclusive coaching experience and learning experience where they learn everything to do with their bodies and nutrition and mindset and why they're doing things. They can become the self-sufficient machine that ultimately doesn't need to rely on someone in the long run. And that's why I've, I've got such good results with that. So what's in the future for you? So, um, because I have created this role of myself, of uh, the mental health PT, a couple of years ago, um, I actually found this message on my WhatsApp the other day, and I messaged one of my friends, and they were like, oh, you're going down this mental health route, well, how, how does that work, long run? And I said, well, you know, there is not a job title in the world that exists that is a mental health PT. So, you've got 
PTs and personal trainers, and you've, then you've got something like life coaches, that type of thing, which you know might involve some physical activity, but it's not, it's not a PT, it's not gym-based. Um, and then you've also you've got counsellors, therapists, so all these people at the side. I was like, there's not one person that is joining all these things together. And the one thing that put me off, well, didn't, didn't necessarily put me off, but was nagging in the back of my head, was like, well, why is it not being done yet? Why is this not happening? And it was purely just a case that no one had tried to do it or actually follow through with it like myself because so many people when it comes to mental health everyone is very very precious around it and of course they kind of have to be right because you've got people's lives here and some people are very very vulnerable so we do have to be careful but just being careful shouldn't mean that we shouldn't try and experiment new things you've got top neurosurgeons and you've got top psychotherapists in the world who still admit that they don't fully understand mental health so I thought, well, you know, there's no, no harm here with me trying my own methods. Obviously, it's had absolutely incredible success. As we've discussed, a lot of people are starting to follow suit. But I thought, you know, it can't just be me that wants to do this. And someone approached me who was doing their dissertation at university, and they went around about 100 of PTs. And it was to do with some of the things that I do, you know, um, mental health and exercise. And she said, how many of you PTs would feel comfortable giving mental health advice. And I think about one other person apart from me said it. Wow. And when one in three people that are coming to you could potentially be suffering from one form of mental illness, there's a gap, massive gap in the market there. So from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective, I want to help as many people as possible. I thought, right, I need to do something about this. So I'm currently working with SQA. For anyone who doesn't know who that is, it's the Scottish Qualifications Authority. Um, these, they design, um, in Scotland, all, all, a lot of the um, courses that people do throughout school. Um, I'm getting my own qualification credit rated and built with SQA of the title Mental Health and Exercise Coaching, which means that I will be able to offer this qualification to PTs, um, fitness coaches, sports coaches, schools for kids and PE teachers, counsellors and therapists, and um, I've just been off a call with with um, some from a college as well could potentially be rolled out into current college and university courses as well that's amazing that's such an important course so is this just a course that's only applicable for people in scotland because obviously it's an sqa um or is it applicable for anybody in the uk yeah, so it's applicable for anybody in the UK. So although it's SQA, SQA that's designing the qualification, they benchmark the courses against SCQF um, accredited um, courses. So it is available to anyone all over the UK. Um, you do not have to be in Scotland. Your SCQF credits, they can count either, you know, for learning experience, there's something good to put on the, the CV. Um, if you're wanting to go into my line of work, it qualifies you to be an exercise and mental health coach. And for example, if you want to go to university, um, because it sits at SEQF level seven, that is the equivalent to advanced higher level. So if you are wanting it to count towards a job or towards university, you will get credits to put towards that as well. Um, An advanced higher for anybody listening in England is probably about equivalent to A-levels. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think that's super important. And I think that that's something that a lot of coaches could really get on board with because uh, a lot of the time, mental health first aid course is amazing, but it's not specific to sport. Um, 
and even just from a sports coaching point of view, I think it's really important to um, have that understanding and awareness. Even if you're, I mean, coaches aren't, you're not a therapist, you're not a counsellor, you're not um, anything that's really to do with that, but you're still, you still have that awareness and understanding. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so that's it. And like I said, that was one of the, the one things that you know people discuss when I first started it they're like well you're not qualified you're not qualified I was like well no I don't have a psychology, a psychology degree but I'm qualified to help people that's what I do already uh-huh. and it's a case of just molding and sculpting my methods of PT to be able to help these people individually and like no one ever created anything great without breaking the mold you know, we're all too we're all too scared to take risks. And like I said, of course there are risks involved when you're dealing with potentially vulnerable people, you need to be careful, but I have been careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't for me taking this risk, this would have never potentially came about. So but that's why it works. It is informal therapy, informal exercise therapy. And the amount of success stories I've got from people coming to me and say they would much rather learn from me and be taught by me and speak to me than they would go in and potentially sitting on a chair and speaking to a therapist and drawing attention to their past or a lot of things that are going on in that environment. And that's not to disrespect the work of the therapists or counsellors or anyone do, because they're obviously doing an amazing job. I'm just saying it might not be for everyone. Whereas with this, what I found is it's covering all bases and I'm yet to, yet to have a client that I've not been able to help yet. Do you think that people are more likely to speak to you because they're doing exercise yeah so you've got that as well we've we've obviously got the informal relaxed environment which helps but then of course when you're exercising as well you know we're releasing a positive endorphins so the best time for people to talk would be potentially during exercise or straight after exercise because they're on a natural high so they're going to be wanting to disclose information and talk about stuff and they're going to look at things totally differently they're going to perceive things that they're talking about totally differently because they're in a more positive state of mind. So it helps them talk, which is therapy in itself. Um, you know, we've got lots of examples with um, other things. My mum, my uh, she works at Edinburgh University and she used to be a school teacher. And the best example I can give of this is when the kids who were in primary school getting ready to go up to secondary school or high school, they would have your, can you remember, it was like, it was like induction days type of things. So you would go and be at like high school for a couple of days until you were flung back into primary school. And um, they would try to speak to them in the classroom and they would say, why aren't you, like, how are you feeling about moving schools? How are you feeling about this massive transition in your life? And nobody would say anything. All the kids would just, you know, keep quiet, not say a word. And um, what they did was they started to, they, because the high school was close, they started to walk the kids up to high school. So all the kids, primary centers were walking up to high school and then they asked them you know how you feeling and all of a sudden they were wanting to talk about it they were like oh I'm looking forward to meeting new friends or I'm actually a little bit nervous I don't want to do this change and it was purely because they were outdoors in the fresh air because they were exercising they felt one more comfortable and then chemically in the brain they felt more inclined that they wanted to share. Do you think that obviously obesity is rising um, in the UK do you think that more and more people do you think that's a big contributing factor to the increase in mental illness? Yes, there's a lot of things. Um, for me, I, when it comes to obesity and people saying this obesity epidemic and this type of thing, for me, I don't want to tackle obesity head on. For me, you tackle mental health first. So it, it's 
you know, as I said at the start of this conversation, I can have a positive influence, which is like the circle of positive um, changes that just spirals and spirals. So it can be a snowball in a positive way, but the same thing it can be snowball in a, in a negative way. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Because yeah. poor mental health can lead to obesity and lead to people stop taking care of themselves and you know comfort eating and this type of thing and then of turn then poor body image when you compare it to people online and in the media and celebrities and this and fitness experts and all that this you know body image that we should have or that is normal when it's actually not normal it's about the 0.1 percent of people that then will cause people to have poor mental health as well so it's a spiral it's a spiral and um you know both are, both are interlinked and one can't exist without without another um, I think that definitely though people are comparing themselves more than ever you can open up your phone and you can within one second you can post something whether it's a picture of yourself and automatically you can get direct feedback and judge from other people in the forms of like, likes and comments and this type of thing for the first time ever um, in existence you, if you potentially were at work or something before you might know what your other, what your other 10 colleagues thought of you but all of a sudden, if you post something online and none of them are liking it, that's an indication or you think it is an indication of how they feel about you. Um, so, yeah, that's going to going to massively contribute to that. Yeah, I totally agree. And in your current programme that you're doing with your clients, you have a section which is all about kind of taking time away from your phone, don't you? Yeah, so what I do with my current clients is the, something called the Body and Mind Programme. So the Body and Mind Programme is a 90-day programme that guarantees to get you fitter, happier, healthier, stronger than, than you've ever been. Um, and it's absolutely amazing because we get this group of clients who are maybe at a little bit of a loose end with regards to their mental health and really, really need to, to tackle it full on. Programme gets them out of their comfort zone by doing this independent learning and all inclusive coaching that I've spoken about, but we give them all the tools in order to, to change their lives. So the exercise in the programme is literally only 10% of the programme. You know, we've got so much other things going on and one of them is mindset exercises so every single week they're going to learn something that they've not learned before and they're actually going to be forced to implement because it's all fine and well reading the book but I've read hundreds of books that condense all of the information and I'm actually holding them accountable to make sure they implement the tools and the lessons that they would learn from these books and one of them one of well my learnings or my insights is to do with technology these days and mobile phones and the internet and social media um, if I didn't have my phone, I wouldn't have a business, so I need it, but I'm very cautious about the amount of time I spend on it. And it is, you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, these things are just a fast track way to damage people's mental health. Because as we've, as we've discussed, it's constant comparison, it's constant judgment, it's constant feedback, and a lot of that isn't real. You know, it might be, yes, yeah, someone might not like it, but what does that matter? It doesn't actually really mean anything. Um, yeah, if someone does like your post, it's probably a sign that they benefited from it in some way. But being able to open your phone and before you know it, your day, your thoughts, your values and everything are going through this device and having other people's lives shone back on you, which, to be honest, a lot of people that you're following are probably going to have a more desirable looking life, aren't they? So it's just a lot of the time, yeah, it can inspire, but a lot of the time it's just going to, have a neg negative impact on people. I think also a lot of the time on Instagram, it's just posing or good lighting yeah. or filters or editing. Um, 
And I think that more and more, it's so easy to compare yourself to a picture of someone and that's not even what they really look like. Um, Yeah, it comes back to body image. This is it, it always, always comes back to body image. Everything comes through body image. Sales, the biggest businesses in the world, um, biggest industries in the world, everything ultimately comes back to body image because they know it's a pain point and they know that's what, what people struggle with. Definitely. So what would be your biggest advice for any new coming PTs? <laughs> Look what everyone else is doing and do the complete opposite. <laughs> but focus, find something that you're truly passionate about. Find your niche market. Find the people you really want to work with. Because if you're too broad and trying to work with everyone, you're not going to be able to help anyone. You, you need to be able to hone in on exactly what it is you're passionate and you care about. One from a personal um perspective you're going to be able to it's going to be much more rewarding two you're going to be able to help individual people um, of a certain demographic a lot better and from a business perspective that's who you're going to be able to talk to you're talking to one market you're not talking to hundreds of other people yeah you might isolate some people but ultimately they won't be the people that are right for you to work with so you need to find the target market for yourselves you need to find something that you're really passionate about and you need to care ultimately because if you think that oh i know how to lift a few weights and um, i know how to train the gym that makes me a qualified pt um or because you've done your qualification it makes you qualified it doesn't at all sorry to break it to you but interpersonal skills and being able to deal with people and their individual circumstances and environment is the most important thing about being a pt so it would be to find those things but yeah first and foremost you, you need to care your head at the exact same way as if you were a nurse or a doctor your head needs to be in, in it for the right reasons you need to be able to care or want to care yeah i totally agree with you um before we finish up i've got one more question and i ask this to pretty much everyone i've got i've I interview on the podcast if you could have three people I mean obviously you can't have a dinner party at the moment but if you could have three people at a dinner party theoretically past or present um who would you invite cool so I've got these three people up on my wall in my office behind my desk and it's the 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 weirdest widest sort of range of people ever but this is why it works um first one I would probably have is um either Michael Jordan or Muhammad Ali, because for me, they're the two best athletes of all time. So for me, I just find them absolutely, absolutely amazing. You know, I don't really need to say much more about them. Everyone knows who they are. Um, they are they're two of the greatest athletes that I've ever lived, but they're two of the biggest, best characters that I've ever lived as well, who got to where they want to be purely because they believed in themselves, but then worked um, their arse off as well. So I really admire them, obviously. A bit of a cliche um, for those. Another one I've got up on my wall is Conor McGregor. So if anyone doesn't know, obviously Conor McGregor, one of the biggest UFC fighters in the world. Again, potentially a little bit of a, um, of a cliche, but the reason I would have him is because he really it is this just true rags to riches story. You know, he came from nothing and believed in himself and got to be the best fighter in the world. And I'm not actually the biggest fan of UFC. Or, or, oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, but it's his story and it's his drive and it's his determination. And even as you know, his cockiness and confidence like, has to be admired um, as well. So, absolutely love him. And then the other one that which just totally throws um, these into the mix is the Dalai Lama. So, again, I'm, I'm not a religious person, I'm not a spiritual person. 
but the lessons that I've learned from um, him over the years and lessons that do come from religion, they do come from Buddhism, but it's just how to find true happiness within yourself, how to give true happiness to other people, and um, how to have respect for other people. And all of these, all of these lessons I think about on a daily basis when it comes to myself and it's helped me transform my own life in very positive ways. That's amazing. Um, for anybody listening, what's the best way of getting in contact with you? So you can find me on Facebook at Dan Hancock, the Mental Health PT. You can find me on Instagram at InstaDanFitness if you just want to follow me and get a wee bit of advice. Um, if you're interested in any of my programs or anything like that, again, either of those two links or you can find me at DanHancockFitness.co.uk. And for anything really good, the mental health and exercise qualification that will be put through these platforms as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, for anybody listening, please be sure to like, follow, share, do all of that fun stuff. Um, make sure that you check out any previous episodes and have an amazing week. Thank you so much. Bye. Mm-hmm.